is up, everybody? Another edition of the Fantasy Firebox here on the Heat Radio Sports Network. Brought to you by Fox Sports Gambler. I'm your host, Tony Dixon-Cotillo at Ticketel23. No Pittsburgh John Coker tonight, but in his place, I have a special guest from All About the Birds, my man Jason Sullivan. Jason, what's up, buddy? How you doing? Thanks for having me on tonight. I appreciate it. Uh, absolutely, man. Thanks for a short notice. We had a little technical difficulties in the beginning, but that's okay. We'll be okay. We're ready now. Uh, absolutely. Well, Al, what's up, buddy? Talking fantasy tonight, Al. So get get those picks ready. Uh, a lot of stuff to talk about this week. Obviously, it'll do a little quick week 12 in review, uh, week 12 preview, a little week 11 in review. We have some different things that have come up, like Mike Evans is, is Tom Brady made him elite, is you know, is Zeke Elliott, you know, did he finally find his first 100-yard game, which is, is crazy to me that, that that it's the first time that he's got over the century mark. And you have a bunch of Thanksgiving games. We have a Pittsburgh and Baltimore game that's been postponed. Uh, I think the early prognosticators say it's going to be Sunday, not 100% positive. But, Jason, tomorrow, let's just talk real fast, and everybody who doesn't know, doesn't follow the show, we do the same thing every week. We don't go game by game. We're just talking about, listen, guys, things that have come up, things that have been in the news. First of all, let me ask you one thing about one person, and that is the elder statesman, Frank Gore. He falls into a situation, again, Frank, I still can't believe Frank Gore is even playing, uh, but now he's the number one guy, and I know the Jets absolutely stink, but can, can you feel comfortable just from a volume standpoint of starting Frank Gore? You know what? I don't know if you could feel comfortable because I don't think that's the right word. But 4,300, he's getting, like you said, he's getting the touches. I mean, yeah. he's about 15 for 60 every single week. Hopefully he falls into the end zone. I'll probably take a, a stab or two at him. I don't feel good about it. I don't know if he's like 100 years old at this point. I can't believe he's still yeah. playing, like you said. But I'll probably take a shot at 4,300, a starting running back for that cheap. I mean. Yeah, I, I think it's a no-brainer, right? And, and, you know, we speak about – it's funny you said, I hope he falls in the end zone because it's so funny because the guy is just like a truck, right? Uh, it, it's amazing what he's been able to accomplish. But just sheer volume alone, you're talking 15 – he's going to get 20 to 22 touches a game now. Uh, you know, there's nobody else there, nobody. So this guy just alone, you know, and, and I don't know traditional-wise – but as a DFS, like you said, $4,300, I mean, if you're looking for a nice fire plug that throws your number two running back in, in DraftKings, I, I think he's a, he's a great value. I really do. Yeah, I don't hate it. I can't believe I'm saying this. Um, yeah. <laughs> but 4300 if he could easily get 15 points, and if he gets you know 12 to 15 points, he's paying off his value for you, and that's, that's a good way yeah. to pay down. You know, I actually heard uh, – I was listening to a show today, and they were talking about him, and they were saying – is Frank Gore a Hall of Famer or not? And it got me thinking, and it's like, you know, yard-wise, he has to be, right? But at the same time, it's like, has Frank Gore ever been in the top five or seven running backs in the game at any point? That's that's interesting. Not for a while. I looked it up because I don't know. He's been around yeah. forever. Uh, he's productive. Uh, Trevor's second in charge. Trevor's got clay. He says Frank Gore is that classic late 90s Chevy <laughs> Suburban. And so you, just, you just keep giving him a little fuel injected right. cleaner there every now and then, right? Uh, but, yeah, that's a good question. I don't know if Frank Gore's ever been at the top of anything. Uh, you know, from the U, obviously, those guys seem like they stand the test of time. But I'll tell you, man, you, you, you said it. I don't know about comfortable. But, again, if, if you're looking, and we talk about this all the time, you you know, understand it's funny. My kids will say to me, they're just getting fancy. They're, 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 they're pre-teenagers. And I'll have a guy start, and like, you know, whether it be, like Jordan Atkins last week, and my son's like, Dad, that guy stinks. Why are you starting? I'm like, 
relax. You don't get it. He was $2,500. You don't understand. Like right. I'm, I'm packing my stack up top and I'm getting my, my early late value on my tight ends. Um, let me ask you about a guy in New York and, and a guy that I've been for the last three weeks with Tyler. I mean, pick this guy up, pick this guy up. Wayne Gallman, and I just think that Wayne Gallman has really carved a role in that offense. I can't believe Alfred Morris was still around, uh, to be honest with you. Well, it's just crazy, right? Uh, but he was, uh, and he is. But Wayne Gallman, you know, do you think he has, you know, the the ability? I know you also have Deion Lewis out there, but I feel like week in and week out, they're giving him more and more of a chance. He gets the goal line work. Can he be a bell cow back? Can he actually be a running back, like a low tier running back one? I feel like he can be. I, again, yeah, I can't I believe so. I'm saying this, but I feel like he can be too. But I mean, at least 15 rushes in each, in each, or I'm sorry, at least 10 rushes in each of the last four games with a minimum of 13 points in each game. I mean, he's getting the opportunity. Like you said, he's getting the goal line work, which is important, and he's scoring touchdowns. He has at least one touchdown in each of the last four games. So yes. I think he is, and that's another one. If you're going to punt at a position, 5,000, it's not going to kill you in the salary, and he's, you know, if nothing else, he's probably going to score a touchdown. So I like that, him yeah. this week. Exactly. Absolutely. Uh, Barrett checking in. Robert, what's up, Barrett? Uh, what's up, Robert? I'm sorry I called you Barrett, but uh, Dave, Dave Montgomery, Wayne Goldman, or James Conner. Connor has been a little cold, so the questions are coming in. Let me say this, and, and, and I'll pivot right to Jason. I, I, you know, I talked about James Conner you know, on the show yesterday, and I talked about, listen, week in and week out, his carries are starting to slide. They like McFarlane. They like Benny Snell. Uh, you know, he's getting 13 carries a week. That's not enough volume for me with James Conner. And let's let's not forget, they have three guys out there in Juju and Claypool and Deontay Johnson that just want the ball all the time. Uh, so, no, I'm with you. Uh, out of those three guys, Robert, I'm going Wayne Goldman. I think he has the best chance to be the guy. Jason, what do you think, buddy? Yeah, I think 100%. And what you said about Connor is right. I mean, Pittsburgh's throwing the ball 69% of the time. That's insane. I mean, that's they're not even giving him a chance. And when he does look good, like last week, they still didn't even give him the chance. He still got vultured twice by Snell. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't like Connor at all, and I hate Montgomery every single week. So, uh, yeah, I go Goldman <laughs> for sure in that. What's the deal with Montgomery, man? Like, I, I don't, I don't get it. Like, I, I don't understand. Like, everybody's always talked about him, but he's never done anything for me. Like, him and Singletary are like a lost cause at the running back position, aren't they? It's fun. Yeah, it's funny with Montgomery. Like you said, he was so hyped up this year. I was pumped to get him in one league. I was yeah. like, this is going to be the, a great running back too. He is awful. I mean, it, it's like two, three yards a punch for him. It's not even worth playing him in any league. It is. So, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it is. It's, it, I don't. I don't know what happened to him. Uh, Trevor says, if you own any Bengals for fans, he should be off your rosters. Uh, Why? Well, yeah, wait, come on, man. You're, you're you're not trusting that new quarterback they have out there. Come on, well, Trevor. You know, it sounds uh, like it sounds like too. They're not going to have uh, Bernard this week either. So yeah, I don't know I, what that team's going to do. It's he's in protocol concussion protocol. Yeah. Like ah, he's like the DeAndre Swift the last week. So. It's crazy, man. That Bengals team is falling apart. And and again, they you know. Th- Prayers to Joe Barrow, man. It's such a shame, man. He was having such a great season, and now it looks like he's going to be out till 2022. That's the thing that's that's rough about that, too, is it's going to hurt the receivers, is that, you know, Higgins and and Boyd have been so good this year, really, for the most part, and even A.J. Green a little bit, too. It's just like it pretty much takes all three of those guys out of your lineups at this point. 
Uh, it's a great point because, I mean, T. Higgins has been a fine man. He has been a fine. He's a stud. And, you know, A.J. Green was finally starting to come alive a little bit. I mean, they had their own version of a triple threat out there. And now, you're right, Trev. Forget it. All Bengals, just get them off your roster. 100%, yeah. man. Uh, Johnny checking in talking about Ryan Finley. Yeah, come on, man. New York State, uh, North Carolina State alum, right? <laughs> Uh, I don't know, man. I, I'm I'm not pumped up about Ryan Finley. Uh, our man Beer Knowledge, what's up, Phil? It's chilling at, at, in the lake right now. I am super mediocre. <laughs> Deontay Johnson, Brandon Cooks, Fogum, Robbie Anderson, Aguilar as a second wide receiver in a flat. If that is Deontay Johnson, uh, I hope. Let, let me tell you something. Deontay Johnson is the second coming to L.V. Antonio Brown. I'll tell you that right now. He is the ultimate weapon uh, for Ben Roethlisberger out there. This guy, the, the biggest thing with Deontay Johnson is I remember he was the breakout guy for this team. Nobody knew about Claypool. It was all about Deontay Johnson. Could he stay healthy? You know, could he get on? And I'll tell you what. This kid is a stud. And to think about what they have, and they just breed wide receivers in Pittsburgh. It kills me as an Eagles fan that to just see what they do, but that's where NFL talk. But you know, listen, Jason, I, I don't understand how you don't go with Deontay Johnson here. Maybe Brandon Cooks, but besides that, I, I, I'm not in on any of them. No, I think you got to go Johnson. Like you said, if he makes it through the game, he's going to put up huge numbers. I mean, he's putting up 25, 30 points a game. If he could stay healthy, that's the biggest thing. Every single game this year, it's either 20, 30 points or he gets injured on, you know, third play of the game or something like that. So <laughs> if he makes it through the game, he's a he's a wide receiver one, maybe even a top 10 wide receiver, honestly. Yeah, I, he really is. He, he, I mean, he has done exceptional things. If you look at his numbers and you look at the target numbers alone, what he's been able to do when healthy ha, ha, has been something, not, nothing short of, uh, of breathtaking. It really has. And, and we've seen this before with Antonio Brown, and that's why I keep saying Antonio Brown because I think he is that electric. He is that guy that's going to give you consistently 8, 9, 4, 101 every single week as long as he's healthy. Uh, another guy is Michael Thomas back. You know, finally was the week. Nineteen fantasy points last week. You know, Taysom Hill comes back. Let's that's a, a a dual edge sword right here. Double uh, jointed question: Is Michael Thomas back? And is Taysom Hill a number one quarterback starter? In my opinion, it's yes to both. I you know I picked Michael Thomas in my top five last week. Uh, he 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 gave me a tremendous value back. Taysom Hill, you know whether you're starting him as a tight end, which is a joke, uh, or a quarterback one, but as a quarterback i think he showed me that guess what he's the real deal and he's here to stay Taysom hill is a weird one for me I, i've gone back and forth kind of I, okay. I was out on him before last week but at the same time i saw what he did with his legs last week and that's what we like in fantasy right we like yep. lamar jackson we like kyler murray for what they can do with their legs you know jackson and murray are they're okay with their arms but we the values in the legs and so he's honestly a borderline for me I wonder if, if teams take away his running ability, I wonder what he's able to do. I mean, he was obviously, I think he was like 18 for 23 last week, but a lot of dink and dunk passes. Yes. I wonder what te if teams sit on the run and load the box, I wonder what he's going to be able to do. It's a good point. It's a good point because, you know, I, I actually had the gut feeling that it was going to be, you know, Mr. Payton out there as a mastermind genius saying, you know what, I'm saying Taysom I'm starting, but after the first series, here comes Jameis Winston. Yeah. So I was actually shocked, but he, play, he played really well. Uh, he played you know really was well, weird you make too. a good point. You know what's weird? Sorry to cut you off. You know what was no, weird no, too uh, about last week is that Kamara wasn't involved in the passing game at all, which if you would have told me before <sighs> that game 
what you thought. I would have thought Kamara with it, you know, with a lot of short passing, he's such a good receiver out of the backfield. I would have thought that he would have been super involved in the one, no catches on one target. Like that, that's really surprised me a lot. Yeah, you're right. I, I thought I thought Kamara was going to be unreal in that game, and he just wasn't at all. Uh, but what's up, Rick? Checking in, he says, James Conner or Clyde Edwards-Elaire? Uh, right now, for me, uh, you know, I'll let Jason answer it, but I, I got to go CEH. I mean, I just, even though I thought Lev Bell was going to take over that role because they really like him, but CEH has just shown he, he gets more volume than James Conner. It's simple as that. No, yeah, I completely agree with you on that one. You know, he doesn't get a lot of the work inside the 20. Bell's kind of taking over that role, but at some point he's going to break one, and that's going to yes. be worthwhile that week. I don't have any faith in Connor at all at this point. I mean, pretty much any other starter I'd rather play than Connor right now. It's anyway, they get similar volume. It, yeah, you're right. It's a shame. I just, I just think it's it, it's a indirect, it's a direct element of them just like to throw the ball. I mean, Ben likes to throw the ball, and now that they have three established wide receivers, they're going to throw the ball a ton. And I think that's why Benny Snell has actually creeped into that because he's a better pass catcher and he's a better guy. He's quicker and more mobile out in the flat. So I think this could work in a you know adverse effect that you you have Benny Snell as being more of your you know your hungry guy, right? And at the end of the day, uh, I'm sorry, I laughed at one of the comments. I get a second, but um, at the end of the day, I just think that Connor directly gets killed. Uh, his value just gets hurt by this. Uh, Jenna wants to know: Will Watson show up tomorrow? Yes, Jenna. Yes, that Sean Watson is my number one quarterback of the week, personally, and, and, and it's hard for me. Thursday, I know it's Thanksgiving. I hate the Thursday game because man, if he bombs out, you're screwed. And you you got a you got a terrible you're in a bad mood on Sunday, right? There's nothing you can go because you're already there, your quarterback sucked. But uh I think Watts will show up. What do you think, Jason? Let me just tell you firsthand, being a Detroit guy, you want to play Watson in your lineup this week. <laughs> Trust me, you do. You don't need to it. get cute. Even with the Thursday games tomorrow, I was kind of looking earlier today. I'm you know, deciding if I want to go with a lesser-owned guy. Well, there's only two games now at this point. But I was trying to see if I want to go with a lesser-owned guy or go with the smash play. There's no reason to not play Watson at this point. Detroit can't step anybody on defense. They've checked out on their coach. 100% I would go with Watson. I think he's my uh, QB1 this week, too, as well. Yeah, I mean, he he really – and, again, he had a really good week last week. Uh, you know, he continued – and it's funny. He was the guy – Every you know, it's funny. I went on here on a rant, I think, like, after week six because everybody was telling me, you know, Deshaun Watson is not very good. I'm like, wait a minute. Have you guys even watched Deshaun Watson play? This is one of his most productive years in fantasy to date, and he lost DeAndre Hopkins. Like, people – I don't think they look really, you know, going deep inside the numbers enough, uh, you know, it, you know, for that perspective, because Deshaun Watson has been really, really good. And you make a yeah. good point about Detroit. They no, he's a flat out star, I think. And, and the best thing to happen to him was O'Brien getting fired, right? He's been yeah. using his yes. legs now, too, which is huge. So it seems like they really opened up their playbook and they have weapons. I mean, obviously, they lost Hopkins, which hurts. But Cooks and, and uh, who's the other one? Am I, am I trying to am I draw a blank? Will who's the other Fuller? receiver? Yeah. Fuller, yeah. You know, they healthy. Yeah, exactly. They're they're solid weapons. They can throw the ball down the field. They don't have any running game at all, obviously. But I mean, I like Watson. He's been a, he's been good all year, and especially in cash games. If you're playing cash, he's got to be a smash playing cash games. 
Yeah, I think so too. He he does, and I, you're right. I mean, with O'Brien leaving, I think it kind of opened up the offense. It's a shame they don't have a running game. Uh, they put all their chips in David Johnson, which we all knew before. We all knew that was the wrong move. Uh, oh, yeah. and, and I'll tell you what's going to be interesting too. Fifth year wide receiver Will Fuller. Uh, are they going to pay him or let him go? It's going to be a very interesting off season uh, for the Houston Texans. Uh, our man Phil checking and saying, "Get out of here with Taysom Hill, dude is not an NFL quarterback." Hey, hey, Phil, I don't care if he's not an NFL quarterback. As long as he scores fancy points, he can do whatever the hell he wants. I don't care, that's right? That's exactly right. I, I don't want him on my team, but if he's <laughs> on my fantasy team, that's fine. Make exactly. me money, and you're cool with me. Exactly. Andre checking in. What's up, Andre? Michael Thomas is a ghost when Hill is a quarterback, unless they get Thomas in a screen reverse game. Careful with Thomas. He did have nine catches last week, though. So he, he did show that he can be productive even with Taysom Hill. So I'm all in on Thomas. I, I will I will grant Andre, I know you know your stuff, but I'm I'm all in on Thomas. Uh Johnny checking in. Jakeem Grant, Zach Pascal, or Russell Gay. Man, sick. How the hell did you get into a sixteen team <laughs> league, man? My Lord, I'll tell you what, what I what I will say about this. Jakeem Grant was my pick for my, you know, my sleeper pick last week, and he was he was very he was very underwhelming, which sucked. I, I thought you know he was going to take a step back. I don't know because Tua got hurt, then kind of got benched, and then Fitzpatrick came in, and they really didn't look his way. But I'll tell you, I, I still would go with Jakeem Grant. I don't like Russell Gage a little bit. I don't like Zach Pascal. Uh, we're going to get the Michael Pittman and you know Junior in a little bit. What do you think, Jason? Got to go Jakeem. I know he was bad last week, but two weeks ago, he I think he put up like 16 points. I played him. I think he was 3,100 yeah. that week, and he actually won me some money. So, yeah, I like him. I think he's a good player. He's, he's His salary is super, super cheap, and obviously in a 16-team league, you're not going to have other guys that you're going to be able to pick up on the waiver wire. So, yeah, I think Grant has the biggest upside by far. I'm not a fan of Pascal or Gage, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I, you know, I know, you know, Gates, the first couple weeks looked like he could be a player out there. Then he kind of, you know, he really, really f fell off the list a little bit. Even with the injuries of Ridley, he really didn't step up. So I have no interest in Russell Gage. And Pascal, I think, listen, I, you know, I, I, I don't even think it matters, to be honest with you. You know, T.Y. Hilton should be better than he is. But Michael Pittman Jr., I go right in that. Michael Pittman Jr. was my pick last week. Uh, he really he, he came on ever since the injury. Uh, you know, he came back a week, I think week seven. He came back in, and he's a really tall, strong receiver. And, I you know, I, I mentioned in, in the preview about Vincent Jackson, and it's because Philip Rivers loves that big, tall guy, and he loved Vincent Jackson. And Michael Pittman Jr. reminds me of Vincent Jackson, and he's starting to get all the looks, isn't he? I mean, he, he he's getting to that point where he will take over that number one role in Indianapolis. You know, that's the thing, too. It's hard to like any receiver at this point, I think, with Philip Rivers, but at the same time, he's the guy. If you're going to zone in on one guy, he's definitely the guy. I mean, he's got boomer bust playability. He's big, big and strong, like you said, too, and – you know, I was thinking about this today. How good is this wide receiver class? I mean, it's stacked. Yeah. It's deep. It's like you except, have a lot. You have except dip, for the you have Eagles. Speed guys. <laughs> yes. Well, and the Lions, too. But you right. have speed guys. You have big, strong yes. guys like Pittman. It's like this This wide receiver class is really, really good. And, when, and, and you know, you make a good point, too. And think about this. When, when was the last time we had this many rookie wide receivers that were fantasy relevant? Right, I mean, you think about it, like Jerry Judy, Justin Jefferson. I mean, we we never had these kind of guys that were that relevant in fantasy. It was always one or two. That was about it. Yeah, yeah. It was always like you know, play one or two. Never draft more than one on your on your season. Yes. That was all, kind of always my thing. You know, maybe take a chance and maybe on somebody like Jerry Judy, and maybe you get lucky. But yeah, it's weird. It's like these guys are not just 
good for rookies. These guys are elite receivers at this point, which is crazy. It is. They they really are, and I I love it. It's just it, the game has changed. I mean, you, you watched AJ Brown last year, right? I mean, who who would have thought? It's just it, it's amazing what these guys have been able to do and master, especially in a, in a COVID year where they haven't even had time to learn a playbook, right? It, it, yeah. It's nuts. It, it's nuts. Phil's taste on Hill owned as a tight end over sixty percent last week. Kills value in DFS. I hear you, man. I do, and and I think they're trying to do something with that. I don't know even if they can uh but i mean listen t- here's my thing sometimes you got to beat a bigger man and you just gotta you know listen you gotta look past that and say you know what maybe i shouldn't start him as a tight end because it's kind of like a dick move like come on man you're killing i you know you're not getting up on everybody just be a man put him in as your quarterback and see if you can win your league like that that's all i mean i i i hate the tight end spot for Taysom hill i i i thought it was ridiculous yeah, I thought it was too. Um, I think I know ESPN for sure corrected it. He's not yes. tight end eligible anymore. So hopefully the rest of the sites do that too. Because like you said, that's just kind of a push league move a little bit. Yeah, man. So, Come on, yeah. you want to win the right way. That's what I want to do. Uh, Jenna checking it says I have two flex spots: Jefferson and Cup and Michael Thomas. That's a good question. Ooh. Yeah, that's. I mean, yeah, listen, Je- Jenna's an avid follower uh, of the show. She has a tremendous roster. She's made some really good moves. Uh, I, I'll tell you what, you know, I was I was a little skeptical of Cooper Cup uh, in Seoul this week because I know he was nursing a, a wrist injury, and I really liked the rise of Josh Reynolds, and all of a sudden, Robert Woods comes back out of nowhere, and he wants to be a stud, right? Uh, here's the thing I will say. Justin Jefferson, for me, out of those three, is the most inconsistent guy. I like Jefferson. He's really good. But if you look at his numbers, he's he's on again, off again for me every single week. I mean, it just it never changes for him. Now, he's very good. And at any time he could pop off with that really, really big game. But the problem is we're talking about fancy need consistency. I mean, right. If, if you look at, you know, his numbers, I mean, he goes, you know, here's his numbers from week one, two, three. We'll throw them out because he's a rookie. But then we're going seven, four, three, nine, three, three, eight. Three. So, I mean, if you're playing devil's advocate, it looks like he's, he's in line for another three this week. I'm not sure, but I would definitely go with the latter. I would go with Cup and Thomas. Yeah, I think I would too. Um, for the most part, I brought this point last week on the All About the Birds show is that with Jefferson, he, he has potential to put up 40 points in the game, right? But he also has potential to get you three points in the game, which is tough. So, yeah, season long, I think you definitely go Cup and Thomas, and you feel comfortable about that. Cooper Cup is honestly very underrated. They just have yes. a lot of weapons on that team. And it's like they mix it up who they go to. Like you said, Woods sometimes. The running backs, that's a nightmare to try to figure that out. But they have a lot of weapons on that team. And so, but he's a, he's a he is a stud. He's a good receiver. So, he really yeah, I'd go is. Cup and Thomas. He really is, and I'm not trying to play into the, uh, you know, the, the white receiver kind of thing. But listen, he he is every bit of like when Kevin Curtis was really big for the Rams. They, you know, he just he, he's very big, he's solid. He's fast. He does a lot. And like you said, they McVay just he, you know, sometimes guys are so smart that they call so many different plays. You just never know. Like you said, who's going to be the mouth to feed this week? And it just happened to be Robert Woods. 
Uh, so, I mean, it's week to week, but I think Cop Cop has every make to be an elite receiver for fantasy. He just has to be more consistent. But uh, for this week, yeah, I would definitely definitely go with the latter. Um, Alan, what's up, Alan? Just had to say hi. Doug sucks. Hell, he sucks harder. <laughs> and Jeff is a beneficiary of sucking. And he's always otherwise he don't find him already. Ah, uh, that's, that's a great. That was for last night. I, I but but again, Alan, what's up, man? Happy Thanksgiving. I agree with you one hundred percent. How's that? Uh, Jenna's playing trolling me again. Jigsaw love lots of cards. <laughs> pick six. I know Jenna. I know. Trust me. I get it. Uh, Robert checking in with a good question. Uh. Amari Cooper, Chris Godwin, Travis Fogelman, Robbie Anderson got to start too. Jason, I'll let I'll let you I'll let you take this first. You know what? I'm gonna go Cooper and Godwin out of those ones. Godwin is like that sneaky guy that if you watch the games, he doesn't really ever impress you that much, but he always gets there on the line. So yeah, I like Godwin and I like Cooper with now that Dalton's back too. I think Anderson yeah. just doesn't score touchdowns. That's the biggest thing. He's got one touchdown on the year. I mean, you think you want to think, especially with. Uh, with uh, Bridgewater back that you want to think that he's going to be a good deep threat, but at the same time, he just doesn't get touchdowns and I don't have any confidence. Sorry, no offense, but I don't have any confidence in your Eagles at this point. No, no, I, I wouldn't either. I mean, until you see that turn around, I mean, listen, you, you need a guy to be able to throw the ball consistently. Right. So uh, here's the thing about Amari Cooper. He sneakily, like, I still think this is CD Lamb's team now under Andy Dalton. It's just my, I, I just think he really likes CD Lamb. Uh, but I, I just, like you said, Robbie Anderson had a great, like, three or four weeks uh, in a PPR league. He was tremendous. Even though he didn't score, he's 25 points. You know, he's getting 10 for 128, you know, but now it's kind of dropped off a little bit. And they're, they're really liking Curtis Samuel out there. And he's getting involved more and more and more, which is hurting Robbie Anderson. So I'm with you. I would go Cooper and Godwin. I think they're your two studs out of those two. I, I don't think you can go wrong, to be honest with you. You know what's funny, too, about Cooper? He's another one of those guys where it's like he's not going to blow you away. He's not going to wow you with the 80 yard touchdown or anything like that but it's, it's one of those guys that like godwin almost where you look at the end of the game and you're gonna see he's got 15 16 17 points and you know solid six seven catches he's he's solid he, i mean especially in he cash is. games he's, he's really solid now you're right you're 100 right about that and and he's sneaky soft because sometimes because he doesn't score i'm like ah did cooper even do anything and i look and he was like 10 for 120 you're like what Holy yep. crap, man. Like, where did this come from? Amazing. Dan, what's up, buddy? How you doing, man? Jenna checking again. Niners got to get smashed by the Rams this week. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of think you're right on that, Jenna. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. probably going to happen. Uh, let's see. Andre checking in. I'm talking going forward. Uh, Dan says, who do you lean on to each week between Claypool and Johnson? Uh, I Honestly, Dan, I think it's Johnson all the way. Uh, Johnson is the guy. As long as he's healthy, Claypool... It's funny because this reminds me so much of Plasco Barris and Heinz Ward because Heinz Ward was the guy, was stronger guy, like Claypool, built a little differently, didn't have the dramatic numbers every week, had really good numbers, but Plasco was a flashy guy. Uh, and I think this is the same thing. Johnson's a flashy guy, Claypool's a Ward guy. So I would definitely go Deontay Johnson. I think you think the same, right, Jason? Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I'm all over Johnson. I'm going to play Johnson every single week that he's healthy. I go Johnson, too. Um, I do like Claypool, having said that. I think Claypool actually probably has the higher ceiling, but week to week, I'd go Johnson for sure. Ten touchdowns, too, which is crazy. I know, that's crazy. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Dan says, I want to Claypool with the birds. I want to, hey, hey, Dan, I wanted anybody for the second <laughs> round. <laughs> Okay, that could catch a ball. How's that? Um, beard of knowledge, second in the Phil, the all-season-long question. We still have no answer. Oh. Ah, you know what? This is a good one, Phil, because this killed me. Because every every time I thought Edmonds was ready to take that next step, 
Then they want to hand it to Drake, and, and they all actually Drake looked good last week. He looked really good. So it, uh, this is so hard, Jason, so hard because Edmonds, you know, I, I'm kind of thinking they thought, you know, maybe Edmonds would break down if they gave him too much. So they, you know, they have to give the ball to Drake a lot. But I, I'll tell you what, Drake actually looked really good last week. This is one another one that just drives me absolutely insane. I think about this every single week, and I never get it right. So I probably am not the right person to answer this question. But, yeah, Drake did look good last week. and But a couple weeks ago, Edmonds was the one that looked good. And he looked like he was the one that was explosive and had the big playability. So I don't know. I I stay away from it, to be honest with you. I just go with Kyler Murray on that team because I can never get that one right. Yeah, these these, these coaches are killing us, man. I, I, they really are. It's like and other guys, Anthony Lynn, and you know you have Austin Eckler coming back. It's like you know who are you going to give the ball to? You know, come on, man. You you kill us with first Joshua Kelly, then it's then, then it's Justin Jackson, then he gets hurt, then all of a sudden Kalen Blas comes out of nowhere, and they got Pope out there running the ball. And right now, now Austin Eckler, like, could you just pick one? Do they realize we're trying to play fantasy here? Like, do they understand what we're trying to do? It's crazy, man. So you know with that team, I feel like it's got to be Eckler, right? It's a Balaj got has got a lot of touches, and I know that Lynn yep. loves him, but at the he same time, does. I mean, it's, he's been like a fifteen for sixty, like one of those guys. It's not like he has no big playability at all. He's never been special, so yeah, it's got to be Eckler when he comes back. You would think, but I guess now, now you they, really now know. The, the word is that they don't know if Eckler's playing this week or not. Uh, so I mean, I, again, I, I'm not sure, uh, but I, I agree with you. It, it's got you know, if he's healthy, it's it has to be. You just paid him a ton of money. There's no way that you're using Kalen Balaj instead of Austin Eckler. There's just no way, man. Uh, Dan checks in and says, any chance Hill gets volume over Gus Edwards? Great value this weekend. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, I, you know, I'm sorry. I was going to go to Jason first, but he's already started. I love Justin Hill. I do. Justin Hill to me was a guy in the beginning of the year I said, keep an eye on. I just liked him. I I, I thought he, he gave he gave you the ability to do so many different things, and this is a perfect opportunity for him. He's a guy who can catch the ball, he can run routes, and he can run through the tackles. Uh, so I do. I think even though, listen, look at the history of this team. They already were in a three-way split between Ingram and Dobbins and Edwards. So they're, they're definitely going to split carry. So he is going to get volume, and I think he's going to be a really, really low number. What do you think, Jason? No, I think the same exact thing. And Hill, Hill was actually getting on the field last week as well. Even when, uh, you know, he, he was still, he was still, you know, getting some opportunities last week. So I definitely like Hill. I think both of them for the value for the price. I think that both of them are in play though for sure. Oh yeah, with with without a doubt, they are definitely both in play. They have to be uh, because listen again. Understand how you you have to. Build. I tell everybody, you know, it all depends on who you want to pay in DFS. Do do you want the high salary like? Like for instance, and we're going to get to this, you know, in a minute. But if you look at the running back position, right, right, right off the bat, are you willing to spend ninety five hundred dollars for Dalvin Cook? If you are, which is fine, it's your prerogative. But you're going to have to take a lesser guy at either your flex or your other running. You can't fill nine thousand dollar players all over. So you have to be able to flip and take the hit in different areas and. Guys like Gus Edwards and Justice Hill are definitely the guys you can look at for tremendous value when you're trying to stack a lineup that starts again with Dalvin Cook. You know what? I think that's a great point that you just made too. And when you go down to the low fours or, you know, right around $4,000, are you going for somebody that you know is going to get you eight or are you going to go for somebody that, hey, he might, he could, he could maybe get, you know, have a big day and give me 15, 20. Yep. That's going to win you a tournament if he does that. So, 
yeah, I have no problem taking a chance on those guys. You want the volume, especially down that low. And I'd rather take a boomer bust chance at that point that, you know, he might hit big. One of those oh, guys I'm, might hit big. Absolutely. I know Gene. Uh, what's up, Gene? Checking in from wire to wire. Good podcast. Check it out. I know they go live later tonight. Uh, he says versus Pittsburgh with a question mark. I'll pass. I get it. Good defense. I understand. But, uh, you know, this is 2020, and you have to look at the way that team is, is structured. Lamar Jackson's not going to throw the ball 40 times. So, they're you know, they're, they're going to spy on Lamar Jackson, which is going to give them the ability of Gus Edwards and Justin Hill to get out in space. So, again, they're still mixing Des Bryant in. They finally get Mark Andrews back to to some kind of relevancy. So I, I still think that they have a really good value going forward. Um, my buddy Rick checking in, Survivor, maybe my only chance to use an NFC East team. <laughs> Giants over the Bengals or Seahawks over the Eagles also have Rams or Browns. Both have divisional games, though. Wow, that's a tough one. Hey, he's still in it, Rick. My man is still in it. I love it. Uh, man, this is a tough one. You know, I, I honestly would go Seahawks. I do. I think the Eagles are dead in the water. I do. What do you yeah, think, I think the same thing, too. I think the same thing, too. And I don't th- I, I don't know about you, but I don't feel confident picking the Giants over anybody ever. I know that the Bengals obviously don't have the quarterback anymore, but I'm not going to feel good about picking the Giants ever. Oh, uh, you know what? Here we go. This is a good one. My man Al always coming in, coming in with the good good info. And I didn't even think about this. Should I still take Hill since they moved the game? Starters might be back by Sunday. That's a good oh, point. Good point. I didn't even think of that. So, again, you know, I say this every week, preface this by saying this is Wednesday. And, you know, unfortunately, we do this show. We, we, we look ahead as best as we can. You know, on Sunday mornings when I go live for the gambler, I try to give you as much insight as I can at that at that time. So I'd say wait till Sunday. Just, you know, just wait. And, you know, because you don't have – I what I do is I build my roster on Wednesday, and then I constantly look at it, and I go through it on Sunday see what changed, right? So um, that's a good point, though, Al. I didn't even think of that at all because I'll tell you what, Jason, if if the Stars are back, there's no reason to have no, Justice no. Hill. Zero. No, he's absolutely right. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, Dan says, I'm doing five flex Thursday night multiple scenarios. Oh, jeez. Oh, my God. Dan, you're an animal. Uh, Gene <laughs> says Wayne Goldman, much better play. I'll give you that. I would definitely start Goldman over any of them. Would you, Jay? Yeah, 100% I would. Like we said earlier, too, Goldman, I mean, he's getting the opportunities. He's getting touchdowns. That's the, that's the key. And at $5,000, yeah, I think, you know, especially on DraftKings, I think that's definitely the play. Yeah, 5000 That's a steal for him, 100%. Gene says for the survivor, Giants over Bengals. Bengals are starting Brandon Allen. That is a good point. You know, we just talked about that with the Bengals. This could be the week to use the Bengals. Uh, you know, the Giants aren't setting the world on fire, but, I mean, the Bengals are hurting, man. They are hurting, man. They are hurting. So, uh, you know, good luck, Rick. I hope you 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 live to see another week. Uh, let's get into DraftKings a little bit, Jason. What we like to do here is we like to look at DraftKings lineups and, and, and look at some locks and some guys that are value picks. And, you know, we start right off at the quarterback position. I know – our boy Phil is going to love this. But for me, against Denver, uh, you know, because you mentioned it about using his legs, Taysom Hill at $6,200 to me is a really good value play. You have to look. Number one, $8,200 for Kyler Murray. You're going to get a guy in $2,000 less that could essentially, essentially give you maybe a 10-point drop-off or even – give you exactly the same as Kyler Murray against New England. So for me, Taysom Hill, 6,200, I think he's a good pick. What do you think? Yeah, no, I agree with you for the most part. And I think 
you know, DraftKings is finally pricing up the quarterback position. I know I said that a few times in my article for all about the birds, but even Herbert, Herbert was in the low sixes for a long time. That was a, yes. that was a comfortable number to play for him. You're getting 25 points a week. He's 7,200 this week, right? So you're going to have to pay up if you want to use that stack now. So yeah, yes. if you're going for a lower end stack, you know, I, I challenge you to find a higher upside in a lower end stack with, with Hill. You know what I mean? So yeah, I I'm all about stack last week. week. I used that stack last week. I had Herbert, I had Balazs, and I had Allen. What a stack that was, man. That was tremendous. 100%. You know what's funny, too, is that you, uh, DraftKings has finally priced up the quarterback position, like I said, too. So in years past, you could find these guys like Matt Ryan would be in the low sixes, yep. guys like that. Now, every single guy that's worth playing at the top end is going to be 7,000 or maybe even 8,000 at this point now. So it's a lot harder to find value stacks at this point. So if, if one presents itself, don't shy away. That's my rule pretty much. No, so. you're right. You're right. Now, when you look at the quarterback position, you, you, do you look at any value, you see any values on there besides Taysom Hill, something that stands out to you or you think everything's kind of just falling in suit. I'm a sucker for two guys every single week. And sometimes it burns me and sometimes it doesn't, but I love <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater and I love Ooh. Cam Newton, especially I, Cam is a little bit tougher because you can't really stack Cam, I found out. Obviously, th throughout this year, I've tried to stack him several times, but Cam's yeah. solid. And 6,400, he gets a lot of the, the work inside the red zone for his team as well, too. So I don't mind Cam this week on the lower end. What about I you? like Cam. I think that's a good pick. I mean, he's going against the 30th defensive fantasy against the quarterback position. And if you look at his last four weeks, respectively, he's averaging 21.3 points per game. So you're talking about, I, I you know, and again, in DraftKings, 20 points for your quarterback is a really good number. People don't understand that because they don't give you any bonuses. They don't give you anything like a traditional fantasy league does. You know, they're they're not one point per you know 20 yards or one for 25. They're so they're, they're, they're lower scoring than you're used to. So if you can get 21 to 22 points for 6,400 steady out of your quarterback, it, it's a definitely good way to go. Uh, I I do like that pick a lot. I actually like you mentioned the name earlier. I'm looking at Matt Ryan. At 5,900, I know he hasn't been great, but he's at home against Vegas. He's he's back inside the dome. He didn't have a great week last week, but here's what I'm looking at. The last four weeks, we go 21, 18, 23, 7. Now, he played a really good New Orleans team. I told everybody, and I'm not the guy to pat myself on the back, but I said be careful with Matt Ryan against New Orleans because they have a rebuilt defense out there. They're doing very well, and Dennis Allen knows how to scheme, and that's what happened in that game. So I think this is the game Matt Ryan comes back. And at under $6,000, I think you can get a guy that's going to give you 25 to 30 points this week against a Vegas team that's very susceptible to the big play. Yeah, no, I love that that play too, 100%. And, you know, Matt Ryan was really hurt last week by Julio going out. What was it, like five or six plays into the game? He was out for the rest of the day. So oh that team God. is different. Yeah, that team is different when they got Ridley and Julio on the field. So, yeah, no, I love that price for him this week. It, in a week that it's kind of hard to find value on the slate for the quarterback. It, it is. It is. It definitely is. Now, uh, you know, one of them reasons could be the Thanksgiving day, uh, you know, and, and again, I, I, you know, I, I'm not really going to touch much on the games tomorrow only because, listen, by the time, here's what we do. We go live with this show. We podcast and it goes up. It's on a heat ratio page. It goes on the Fox Sports Gambler page. It's on iHeart. People listen to it before their game. So nobody wants to hear old news. Uh, no, for the live version, yes, there are two games tomorrow. I will touch on them very briefly. Uh, you know, I think guys like Zeke Elliott, I think guys like Antonio Gibson. I'm very listen, I'm a, a Antonio Gibson guy. I think tomorrow is a JD McKissick game from the from from what I talk about from scoring and targets. Uh I you know, the, the normal guys 
tomorrow, Jason, in my opinion, are going to be the guys that produce. Do you see anything different than against the norm tomorrow? No, not for the most part. You know, it's honestly probably the worst case scenario for the NFL for two games at, at a time. Yes. Um, the Lions, obviously, you don't want to you don't want to touch the Lions. Matt Stafford with a they said it was a ligament problem. News is coming out in Detroit now that he has a broken thumb. So I don't really want to play any quarterback that has a broken thumb on his throwing hand. So Ooh. I'm out on the Lions. I'm going to go heavy, like you said. I'm going to go heavy on uh, the Redskins, and I'm going to go heavy yes. on on the Texans. Which there's not going to a lot of people are going to do that too because there's not very many options. Yeah, it's it's about the worst case scenario for tomorrow's two games. It is. What about? Uh, have you heard anything about Swift? Is is Swift definitely good? I know. I thought last night it was probable, uh, or is he still in concussion yeah. protocol? Um, I believe he's out of protocol. I think he did a limited practice today, so okay. I think he's trending to play. So yeah, if he's in the lineup, that's a smash play too. I, I I love Swift. I do. We you know we talked about early in the year. We we broke down every division, and when we got to we got to Detroit, we talked about Swift. He was a special player. I just think he was a guy that could do so many different things. They gave him some time. Uh, we say on this show a lot as a rookie running back, two things you have to do: you have to control the ball, and you have to you know control the pass protection. Protect yeah. your quarterback, and that's how you stay on the field. And I think he's he's begun to do that. And I'll tell you, Detroit at least has that going for him. Uh, yeah, at the running back yeah, position, for sure. You know, he kind of forced the coach's hand too. They want, like you said, they kind of slow played it with with Peterson and even a little yeah. bit of Kerryon Johnson. But he's forced their hand now. I mean, he is so head and shoulders above anybody else in that locker room. So yeah, he's he's probably the most talented player on the team, and they know they have to play him now at this point. Uh, and Galladay out. I just heard yeah. Galladay's out this week. So now we're back to Marvin Jones and Marvin Hall and Danny Amendola. I mean, maybe TJ Hawkinson. I, I don't know. But like you said, you, you, you got a guy who's basically disabled throwing back there with a bad thumb. So I don't know why you want to start any of these Detroit guys uh, when it comes to a you know, pass catching scenario. Uh, but uh, Dan says McLaren is steady. Yes. Scary yeah. Terry is very steady. And kudos to Alex Smith. I mean, a guy who basically had his legs shredded and he's back play. And, and I said this before. Here's a guy who had guaranteed money. He had no, listen, there was no reason for him to come back except for the love of the game. He did not have to come back at all. And, you know, to, to see all can decide with what's going on with that Washington football team out there with, with, with you know, with Ron Rivera beating cancer and, uh, uh, you know, comeback sort of year with Alex Smith. Uh, you know, the, the NFC East with those guys has been tremendous. I, I'm a Jack Del Rio guy. I love him as a defensive coordinator. I mean, that team, if they continue to assemble players and talent, that Washington team is going to be a very fun team to watch in the very, very near future. Yeah, I know you guys are Philly fans, obviously, but they are a fun team to watch, like you said. And it's hard not to root for them. You obviously want Alex Smith to do good. Terry McLaurin just seems like a good dude. Like he was, it just yes. seems like one of those guys that you'd want to root for. And Rivera too. It's it's a good story. Yeah, McLaurin. It doesn't matter who plays quarterback. He's still steady as as can be and scores touchdowns too. So, lot to love with him. Yeah, I, I I like him a lot, man. I do. I like Terry. Uh, Dan says Jones has killed me. I'm I'm guessing he's talking about Daniel Jones. Uh, listen, I came into this year thinking Danny Jones was going to have a really good year. I thought Jason Garrett was going to be able to formulate an offense around. He has some really good weapons out there with Shepard and Slayton and Evan Ingram and Saquon Barkley, who obviously is injured now, but I, he just, I don't know, man. He's really regressed. I don't know what it is. He doesn't look like a very good quarterback. And it's pretty sad that his completion percentage is a lot better than Carson uh, Wentz right now, which is really, really bad. 100%. Well, 
Danny Dimes, too, he can't keep the ball in his hands. I mean, I've never seen a quarterback fumble more than he fumbles. Oh. He puts the ball on the turf constantly. He's just a turnover waiting to happen. It really is. Oh, Dan says Marvin. Sorry, Dan. He was all about Marvin Jones. See, oh, Marvin Jones. Jones. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. Yeah, well, Marvin, see, the thing with Marvin Jones, he's always been inconsistent in fantasy. No matter what, he's been boomer bust. You just kind of hope that you pick the right matchup. That's the thing, too, with him is I've never seen a starting receiver that actually has decent speed get no separation. I don't know. If you obviously don't watch Detroit games like I watch, but he gets no separation no matter who is covering him ever. So all of his catches are contested catches. I mean, even he had a touchdown that was called back last week, but he made a ridiculous yes. catch in the end zone. I mean, it's like he guy gets no separation. He's not big and strong, so he's not going to get separation that way. So, yeah. He's, he's a hard guy to figure out, and I, I never yeah, do a good he, job of that, for sure. He really is. He really – I mean, you know, one week you think it's going to be – it's like, who is it? The Marvin brothers. It's Hall or Jones. Who's going to be the guy to kind of, you know, basically take over the slack out there? But I, I wouldn't start any of them, either of them anyway. So, uh, that's her guys. I look at the running backs for DraftKings, and, again, we already talked about Dalvin Cook. And there's two guys, Jason, in my opinion, and, you know, Dalvin Cook – and Devontae Adams are the only guys, in my opinion, that you actually pay up and get still get value. I mean, you're talking, I mean, you're 10 grand basically, just call it as it is for Dalvin Cook. $10,000 in DraftKings is a third of your salary gone. Right. Okay. Right. So that's tough. It's a tough bill to swallow. But here's the thing when you look at his numbers, he actually has been that friggin' good. Which is crazy. I mean, you're, you know, listen, I, the, the guy, I, I, except for week 10, he dropped off in Chicago. But we're talking about 51, 42, 30. These are un, unbelievable numbers. Uh, so, you know, obviously he, he is going to have a game like he did against Chicago. But he's going up against Carolina, who, Jason, me or you could probably run the ball against this team. Uh, they do not stop the running backs very well at all. So if any week that you were kind of leery about spending $9,500 for Dalvin Cook, I would lean towards and say this could be the week where you could feel comfortable and confident at home against Carolina Panthers. What do you think? No, I completely agree with you, too. You know what's funny is he had 29 points last week, and they threw two passing touchdowns from, I think, inside the two-yard line to Thielen. Yes. So he could have easily – they give him the ball, and he scores two touchdowns, and he has another 40, 45-point game. So, yeah, I love him this week. Carolina, like you said, can't stop anybody against the run except for the Detroit Lions, who they stopped last week on the run. But that defense, their secondary is okay, but up front, that defense is awful. So, it yeah, I, I'm, I think Cook, I don't know how you don't play Cook every single week. He's kind of like McCaffrey was last year. Yeah, you're absolutely right. He's a guy, when you when you set your DraftKings lineup, I'll tell you what, the last two weeks when I've set my DraftKings lineup, I've started with two guys, Cook and Adams. And I've seen what I could do between those two guys. How could I formulate a lineup around them? Because they are as steady as they come. And another guy, Dan, checking in, tells about Kamara. He's right, too. Kamara is another guy who's very, very steady. Uh, he's $8,200 this week. So, uh, you know, I think he could be very comfortable. Now, what I will say is I think a lot of people are going to jump on the Derrick Henry wagon because he had a good week last week. Uh, $7,900 is a lot of money against a very – very good Indianapolis Colts defense uh, who stops the run, stops the pass, gets to the quarterback. I'm not comfortable at all dropping $7,900 for Derrick Henry this week. His matchups will get better, but for me, Jason, this is not the week for Henry. 
No, I agree with you too, for the most part. You know, he did have a huge game last week, and he got vultured by a, a couple play action passes to the tight end as well inside the five, yeah. which is weird to see from that team. It's kind of, I don't know, it kind of puts you on tilt a little bit when you're watching those games. But yeah, I agree with you. He's very matchup dependent, and he has had some clunkers this year. I mean, <laughs> I I play him almost every single week, and he's had a couple games where he gets eight, 10 points. And at 7,900, like you said, that's not, you can't pay up for that. I'd rather go with the guys that are more consistent, like Kamara or Cook, and know what you're yeah. getting. Definitely, definitely. I mean, there, there, there's some there's some really good values. Uh, one guy, uh, you know, I'll, I'll say I'm looking at this week as, as a value guy is Naheem Hines. Uh, you know, Naheem Hines, I know he's hurt a lot of people. He has because you just never know how they're going to use him or when they're going to use him. But I just think that at his number at $4,600, uh, you know, he, he's – Again, I'm gonna play the eeny the, the eeny meeny miny mo game here because week eight he's 21, week nine he's six, week ten he's 28, week eleven he's eight. So to me, this is a 20 point week just going by the pattern. Okay, so for 4600 dollars, I'm going Naheem Hines. Any other values that you see in a running back position out here? Um, Hines is probably my favorite one to be honest with you. Like you said, um, okay. I want, like we talked about earlier, I like Boomer Bust in that position. You're not going to play a $4,600 running back and think like, oh yeah, I can count on 15, 20 points, right? You're exactly. thinking, I want the guy who can maybe get you 21, like you said, or 25, something like that. And I'll accept it. If he gets six, it's not going to kill me at 4,600. So yeah, I like that a lot. Um, not a ton of value that really jumps out at me, to be honest with you. Uh, I love Gallman, which we talked about already. Um, yep. Besides that, James White is kind of back in the picture a little bit in New England. I, that was yeah. one I was going to ask you about and see what you thought about that. He's kind of been okay the past few weeks. He, he has. 2,500. And, 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 and I know it's funny you bring him up because I actually I, – I stayed in for the most part. I, I, I didn't join any of my normal traditional leagues except one. Uh, I was like, I'm going strictly DFS this year because of COVID and injuries. I don't know what's going to go on. So I stayed in one, and I actually did dread James White, and I dropped him three weeks ago because he just wasn't doing anything. But now Rex Berker gets hurt, uh, and, and all of a sudden now he's pressed into more duty, and he gets his nine targets, which we're used to, six for 64. He's the guy who's going to catch the ball. Uh, and I think if Cam Newton develops that rapport with him, you know, Cam used to love throwing to Christian McCaffrey, right? So if, you know, da Damian Harris is, is a bigger guy. He's the Corey Dillon type back. So James White is definitely the Kevin Falk of yesteryear of now. So he's the guy. I like James White going forward, so I'm glad you brought him up because I think he's a good value. $4,500, again, if he can get you – he listen, he doesn't – really score we know that james white doesn't right. score right but he's a ppr beast and and right. when you don't have edelman and you don't have burkhart behind to steal carries listen uh, a james white is probably your most reliable catcher on that team yeah if he can put up 12 points i mean that's that's a win for you right 12 to 15 yes. points you're happy with that so i think he can do it especially like you said if he can develop that rapport with cam i mean He's a good back out of the backfield. If he gets a couple, you know, rushing yards, that's just a bonus for you. And, you know, maybe one day he can actually score a touchdown. That might help too, but. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're 100%. Let me ask you, I want to ask you about Cam Akers because he's intriguing to me because obviously Cam Akers, again, rookie running back. We heard a lot about him coming in. Nobody really expected Henderson uh, to really take over the reins early on. We all thought it was probably going to be Malcolm Brown. It seemed like it was Henderson. Uh, Cam Akers kind of got the shape because, you know, behind the scenes, he was having problems with the playbook. He was having problems mastering at pass protection. Uh, he put a lot of work in. 
behind the scenes, if you read about him, he put a lot of film study in. And if you notice, he's starting to get more and more acclimated to a lead back role. Now, he hasn't really scored, even though he did this week was the first time in a while. But he is getting the bulk of the carries. $4,200 against a San Francisco team that is completely depleted. Now, I know it's hard. I don't like to bank on touchdowns, but Cam Akers, it, it, he's getting the carries. And again, if he can get those more and more carries stepping up at this number, I think, I don't know if this is the week or not, but I think going forward, I really like his perspective. What do you think about Cam Akers? Yeah, I like him too. And, you know, I always kind of try to think, I don't just look at it like, what did he do last week? I try to look at the big picture. Where was he drafted in daily, you yeah. know, in season long yeah. fantasy? What did we think about coming into the year? And then I try to look at value off of that. I don't like, I think, especially in DFS, it's a world where people overreact. Oh, so and so huh. had one good game. So and so had two good games. We need to price them way up like that. I like to look at the bigger picture and think like this guy had huge expectations. He was going as people's RB two in season long fantasy or in, in uh, season long fantasy leagues. So I like him. I think he's got a ton of potential. And forty two hundred, you're taking a flyer on a running back. I mean, the minimum running back price is four thousand now. So forty two hundred, it's basically a min price running back. And I think. I don't know if this is the week. Well, you know what? This pr probably is the week if he's gonna. That, like you said, that defense is really is really blowing up right now with injuries. So yeah, I have no problem with that at all. And I and that's exactly the kind of guy I like. A guy that if he scored two touchdowns this week, that wouldn't surprise you at all. And that's the kind right. of guy I like it for value prices. Yeah, exactly. Uh, one hundred percent. Now, mm -hmm. Dan checking in asking if Salvin Ahmad, you know, a sleeper this week. I, you know, I don't. To me, I'm going to be honest with you. I think his number is too high. Uh, you know, I like Ahmad. I, I do. Uh, you know, Brady played, Brady played again last week, so he didn't get the amount of reps that he that he's accustomed to. Uh, he went from 21 to 12. And I'm sorry, but for $5,100 for a guy who's not scored more than 15 points is too high for me, especially when there's guys to me like a Frank Gore even at 4,300 that's going to get more volume. So I'm not yeah. really all in on Ahmed. What do you think, Jason? No, I agree with you too. And Gaskin, I think, got activated from IR today too, so he's going to play, right? So oh, I don't yeah, think they would right. bring Gaskin comes yeah, back this they're, week. They're not going to bring him back unless he's completely healthy. So I, I, I would assume he's going to be the bell cow. He'll probably get a lot of the work. It, it might be a you know sixty forty split, but yeah, I, if I'm going to go either one of those, I'm going to go Gaskin. I think. I love Gaskin. I do. I, I, you know, I have him on my team just waiting for him. So if he comes back this week, I'm excited. Uh, you know, I, I like the prospects of him 100%. Uh, moving to the wide receiver position again. I, you know, I, I was looking just like you said. I mean, not a ton of value. Not, you know, it's all over the place. Uh, you know, a couple guys that kind of stick out to me. Uh, you know, listen, I don't know if I want to pay 8100 for D Hop. Uh, you know, I, I still think that, you know, Devontae Adams is still the guy uh, that you would pay the top dollar for. Keenan Allen has been tremendous. I, he's really starting to get up there as Mr. Ultra Consistency. And I, I think I might look at now he's going to be playing against Davis White in Buffalo. In Buffalo, it's going to be a little cold. So I don't I don't know what that's going to look like. Um, I'm excited about Josh Allen versus Josh Herbert. I think it's going to be a tremendous matchup. Uh, I just think that Allen may take a, a little bit of a step back this week. Uh, I look on the other side of the ball, Jason, and I really like Stephon Diggs this week. Um, Seventy six hundred. I, I would I would take Stephon Diggs as my number one bat, the number one receiver this week in DFS. Yeah, I love that too. Justin Herbert has been awesome, obviously this year, and Keenan Allen's been awesome too, like you said. 
But I worry the California boy going to the East Coast, it's going to be cold. It might be snowy. I mean, I worry about that a little bit. He's been great and he's paid off, you know, a lot. But like you said, their prices are getting up there now, too. They're, they're finally priced up where they should be. So, yeah, I like the other side better. I pretty much play digs every single week, so I'm all in for that. Um, he's usually in about 30 to 40 percent of my lineup. So, yeah, I'm definitely on board with that, too. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I got a lot of flack earlier in the year because I was all in on Stephon Diggs. And I told everybody, I'm telling you, Stephon Diggs is going to be a top seven receiver when it's all said and done in fantasy. They told me, I'm crazy. No way. What has he done? Right. And look and behold, listen, I just, you know, when they traded for him, the biggest thing that Josh Herbert needed was a number one go to receiver. And, 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 that, and, and that's what they gave him. And, you know, they, they have the, the, the best compliment and a guy like John Brown who's going to go long and open up the inside for Stephon Diggs, and that's what he needed. Um, our buddy Phil's checking in. He wants to know what our two value plays are, top two value plays for Turkey Day DFS. So here, the, interesting, Phil, interesting. So, listen, I'll tell you what, you know, you value plays you never know right you, you never know what's going to happen on turkey day so i i you know i'll throw a curveball here okay i'll give you a four thousand dollar tony pollard pick i i you know it's in dallas tony pollard broke one last week and if you're paying four thousand at a value pick for a thursday turkey day game you're only expecting you know if you get more than 10 points you get double those points that is a bonus so maybe a game gets out of hand a little bit maybe they they give power a couple more touches but i think power breaks another one this week so for running back jason i'll go pollard as my value pick i like uh I'm going to switch it up and go wide receiver. Michael Gallup, I like him at uh, $3,500. He's, he's got some sort of, yeah, he's got some sort of rapport with Andy Dalton. I mean, $3,500, he, he hit five targets last week, so nothing you know real special or anything like that. But the first game that Dalton played, I think it was, that he had like 12 targets. So obviously Dalton's going to look his way, and I think at $3,500, dude's a home run hitter. He could, hit, he could get a long one at any point, and I like him. That's my uh, sneaky wide receiver play of the week. I like it. You know what? I'm I'm gonna drop you three hundred, and I'm gonna go Steve Sims Jr. of Washington, who scored last week and the week before got nine targets. I think Alex Smith is starting to zone on Sims Jr. a little bit. Uh, you know, there's gonna be a lot of emphasis put on Terry uh, uh, Terry McLaren. And again, at the end of the day, Dallas does not have a very good secondary right now. So I'll tell you what, I'm gonna go Sims Jr. at thirty two hundred. So listen, here's the thing: you're we're, me and Jace are basically giving you a combined a $7,000 value for two players that should get you double-digit points. So, Phil, you can thank us with one of those Fox Pizza specials. Uh, Send you know, us some money I, or something. Right? Something. Yeah. Something, Phil. Got to give us something <laughs> for that. Uh, Dan says, whenever I consider Mike Williams and don't play him, he does very well. Always pro- You're right. You're right. Isn't he right? Same for it's me, all, too. happens all the time. Yeah. yeah. Every time Williams. I play him, he'll give me four points, guaranteed. Yeah. <laughs> it's so right, man. It's you know, and there's so many. Listen, Nelson Aguilar is another one. Aguilar has the highest target to catch rate in the NFL. He has six touchdowns. He's playing great. I start him, I get nothing. Right? He gets me the one week I started him, I, I hop him up. I'm on the game. I'm like, yo, you got to start Aguilar. Boom, he gets a zero. And then I got 30 people in my DMs going, yo, you told yep. me to start Aguilar. Like, yep. like, relax, man. He's a boomer bus guy. What do you want from me? You know what I mean? Pretty sure I put him in. 
Uh, I'm pretty sure I put him in my favorite plays that week, too. Zero points. Yep. Uh, look, Phil says free pizza if if, if I win with value plays. Uh, I, well, you got to send one to Detroit, Phil. You know what I mean? So I hope we <laughs> – yeah. uh, like how how we doing that? Do you have maybe he has make your own pies? If you he have make your own pies, he does. His pizza shop's doing those those uh, fundraisers right now. The little ah. pizza kit, so he can send me one. Perfect. See that? I like that. I like. I, I did not know that. Uh, I did not know that. How about this one, Jason? I, I, I'll give you one. And uh, Phil, this is for Sunday though. Hey, I, I'm going to go Keelan Cole at thirty six hundred. I mean, thirty six hundred dollars is. Like that is so low that that's giving you the opportunity to take a guy like Devontae or D hop at that 8,000 plus number and, and get a guy like Dalvin cook. You could start, see, these are the guys that, you know, my co-host, John, he always says to me, man, you always pick these low budget guys. The problem is because like I told you, I start off with these guys like Dalvin cook. I'm already $18,000 in a hole. So if I hit on these guys, again, $3,600. He's averaging 12 points a week. People don't understand that. I mean, this this kid, okay, he didn't have a great week last week. I understand that. But the week before, he had 22 points. And, you know, you just never know when, when you're talking about a guy under under $4,000. I mean, it's a plus. He, like you said, six points is a plus. Yeah. For sure. Um, I have one for you, too. Brashad Perriman. Dude has been Ooh. awesome, and he's 4,300 yes. this week. I love him. Um, I love him even more if Darnold plays, which you know, I don't know if Darnold's going to play or not. But, yeah, I love him 4,300 – or, sorry, 4,200, even better. So, that's my yeah, – uh, he, He's been good. Of the week. Yeah, he's, been, he's, he's definitely been good. Uh, and I'll give you one more. One of these weeks, I'm telling you, I don't know if it's going to be this week because, you know, of, of the schedule being, you know, crazy with everything happening and now the game get moved to Sunday. But Des Bryant is going to have a game where he's going to be on the web gems. He's going to be on ESPN. As I look at Des after two years, he had five targets last week. Okay, it's seven fantasy points. So I'm telling you what, he's $3,600. If you pick the right, and it's not this week, it's not this week against Pittsburgh. But what I'm saying is in the next couple of weeks, that value is going to be extremely low. And you're going to be able to put him in your flex. And he's going to give you one of those weeks with like six for 80 and a touchdown. And you're going to look like a genius because I think he's definitely going to, he's going to have one or two of those games for the years out. You know, it's funny when the slate first came out, I was looking at value plays and Des Bryant was hundred percent in my Thursday lineup. I looked, I made a few lineups and I'm like, I can't go away from this guy. He's going to get yeah. targets. He was low priced. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, I'm hundred percent going to go Des Bryant. And then the game gets canceled. So I, now it's obviously a bigger question, but yeah, but you know, they're, they're the kind of guys you look for. And that's why I say every week. I mean, they are the kind of guys you have to look for. I mean, you could go, I scroll through this list and I look and I'm like, okay, there's got to be a, you know, who are these boomer bus guys? Cause I'm telling you, I'll fill out my first seven, my, yeah, my first seven or actually six. And then I have like nothing left. And I'm like, all right, I have like an average of like $2,000 per player, but I tell you what, if you just hit on one of those guys, you're set, man, because, you know, people don't understand the way DFS works. I try to explain this. You know, there's a star percentage. People have to understand, like, how many times, you know how many people are starting Dalvin Cook? So guess what? Your numbers are going up just like everybody else's. You have to get one or two guys that are different from everybody else. It's the only way you're going to win, isn't it? 
I think so, hundred percent. You got. I mean, ownership matters, obviously. Yep. But I think you see sometimes people people get that in their head and they try to like almost correct themselves, and then they go too contrarian. Yes. It's like you don't. You could still play the guys that are going to be highly owned. But like you said, one or two guys in your lineup that nobody owns, one or two percent. That's all you need. You don't need to go crazy. You don't need to have half your guys be three percent or under. You just need to have that one or two, you know, guys that are low owned in any in any DFS sport is like that. That's a great point because a lot of people they it's like hey coaches they they play around too much right it, it, it's a great point because you you, you only need sometimes it's only one guy I mean me and you could have the exact same lineup except one guy and, and it's that one three thousand dollar budget guy that's going to win that matchup man uh, Dan says Cole Cole Beasley has been my godsend <laughs> with DFS one and there there's a perfect example Cole Beasley can get for under four thousand dollars. And again, he scored a, a couple of weeks, and he looked like a genius. So you start Cole Beasley; he is the man. He is the absolute man. Um, you know who else is like that too? Denzel Mims from. Uh, oh yes. yes, he's like that too. He's he's he was thirty three hundred last week. He's only thirty five hundred this week. He's I think he put up like ten or eleven points last week. Nothing crazy, but at thirty three hundred, that's you know three x value. That's huge. It is. I, I mean, it really, really is. I mean, and again, moving right to tight end, it, it means it, it means even more for the tight end position because I, I do not pay for tight ends. I will not pay seven thousand for Kelsey. I will not pay six thousand for Waller. I never paid that amount of money. I always look at the lower budget guys, and I'll tell you what: when you look at this list, I mean, Trey Burton has done nothing but score touchdowns. Nothing but score touchdowns. And every single week, I feel like he's scoring a touchdown. And he's always under $3,500. So, you know, if you can get a guy like that as your tight, they're the guys I look for, right? They're the guys, I mean, you get guys like a like a Tyler Croft in Buffalo that, that, that plays in a really good offense. I mean, Tyler, Tyler Croft is only $2,900, right? I started Tyler Eifert last week as my tight end. He cost me $2,800, and he gave me six points. I'm good with that. I, I, that's all I need. I mean, that, that, that's all you need. And just, just think if that guy would have scored, and you could get 13 or 15 from a guy who costs under three grand. It's a no-brainer, man. It really is. You know, think about how few tight ends actually get, project for more than 10 points a game. I mean, it's yeah. like what? Three, four, maybe depending on the week, depending on the yep. slate. That's I, I'm never going to pay up for my for my tight ends ever. Logan Thomas is another one. He gets you yes. five, six targets a game. He might get you three points, but in a good week, he gets you fifteen, and that could break a slate. So, yeah, my advice is pretty much never pay up. Find that low owned guy at tight end, especially that is a punt play that has a good chance to get five or six targets. If he falls in the end zone, your week's done. Your week's made. Pretty much. Yes. Yeah, it makes it a lot easier. Now, one of those guys this week I really like, I really like Austin Hooper against Jacksonville. Uh, we're at 29th, 29th against a tight end in fantasy. He's averaging seven, eight points a week. He just came back from, from injuries, getting acclimated. He's only 3,800. Uh, another guy's very, very cheap, very low you know, on that tier that we talk about. Um, Eric Ebron, even $4,100. Uh, you know, I know it's a little high, but he always seems to be able to find the end zone somehow. Uh, but again, I, I just, 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 just don't spend overspend on tight ends. That's all my advice is to you. Hundred percent. So what we like to do here is we play a little game called roulette, and it's pretty fun. Uh, oh, Dan says I live on Ebron. Uh, Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz is another good one. Yeah. Uh, he did get a garbage touchdown last week, but again, Dalton Schultz. Uh, you know, with Andy Dalton, he likes the tight end. So uh, as long as Andy Dalton's there, 
So, hey, you know, Schultz will have a decent game, uh, 100%. Um, but this week, we, we play a little fancy roulette every week. We see who who do you think is going to score more points than the other. We, we, we pick certain guys. This week, we're only going to do four. Uh, we usually do eight. We're only going to do four. We got about five minutes left in the show. And we're going to start right off with tight ends because we're on tight ends. And Mark Andrews, who's been a ghost forever, all of a sudden decides to play last week. Uh, you know, uh, miraculously, he decides to enter into the fantasy headlines. He, this week, again, he, he's going up against Baltimore. We don't know what's going to happen, right? We have no idea the game got pushed. And you got Hunter Henry going up against Buffalo. A very interesting matchup as well on a high-powered offense with Josh Herbert. Jason, who would you pick? Who do you think scoring more points this week, Andrews or Henry? To me, it's Henry. Um, like you said with Andrews, I never get Andrews right. And he's like one of those guys that once every four games, he has a huge game. I like I like Henry a lot. Um, I like his consistency in targets seven, four, seven, six, and seven the past four, uh, four weeks. So yeah, I really like him a lot this week, and uh, I think that's a really good stacking option if you're going to go with uh, Justin Herbert this week. What about you? Yeah, I, I I like that as well. I do. I, I'm going to go Hunter Henry because guess what? I you know what? I'm not worried about. I'm not getting taking the pressure of picking Mark Andrews and then him stiffing me. I'm not doing it. You know, I've done that enough. I'm not doing it again. So I'm all in on a Hunter Henry. I lag him right there. Um, let's look at wide receivers again. We talked about this earlier. Michael Thomas finally comes back to fancy relevancy. Uh, and, and one guy we didn't we didn't touch on it was in the pregame, but we can touch on it a little bit now is Mike Evans, who has quietly become an elite receiver with Tom Brady. I mean, listen, we all we talked about Godwin earlier. We understand Antonio Brown starting to get more touches. They, I know they have Gronk, but Mike Evans is being looked to all the time. And he's really – the one thing about Mike Evans on a personal level, he's always been inconsistent on his effort. There's always been that question about Mike Evans. I think – this could have been no better for him to get a head coach like Bruce Arians and a quarterback like Tom Brady because it has made him grow exponentially, especially fantasy-wise. So, Jason, what do you think? Mike Evans or Michael Thomas, who shines more this week? You know what? I love both of these guys, but I'm going to go with Mike Evans. Is there a, a receiver that's looked at more in the red zone than him? I mean, if there is, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it seems like they just no. stare him down, and he is just a monster in the red zone. I like both these guys. Both these guys are going to be in my lineups this week, but I'm going to go Evans with a uh, slightly you make, Evans. You make a great point. Remember earlier in the year, there was a couple games where Mike Evans only had a couple catches, but they were both touchdowns, right? Yeah. So he's consistently looked at in the red zone, and he has really grown as a receiver. It really has. Really nice. You know what, too, with Evans is it's one of those things with Evans. I think it just took some time with Brady to get on the same page as him now. It's like now they're clicking, and that offense looks really, really good. So. Yeah, I like no, that's a good point. It's a good point because again, there was no there was no off season. There was no training game, right? I mean, right. and that's the thing. And this is a completely different offense. And I'll tell you what, when you're Mike Evans and you turn around and you look at a legend like Tom Brady as opposed to Jameis Winston, man, yeah. what, what a breath of fresh air that must be, right? <laughs> I'll tell you, 100%. Now, let's go to the running backs here because this is an interesting one because these are two guys. I, I'm a really high on Antonio Gibson. I love what he's been able to do. I started riding his train about three weeks ago. Uh, he's continuing to to be the guy they look to you know, in Washington. Ronald Jones, to me, again, he's better than I thought. And I thought Leonard Fournette what's going to be the guy when they got him, but he's not. Leonard Fournette looks like he's checked out, right? Uh, so I, I definitely like Ronald Jones. I don't know. Between these two guys, what do you think of Jason? 
I'm going Gibson on this one. I like his trajectory right now. It seems like he's involved. He's starting to get involved in the passing game a little bit as well, too. Um, Jones is one of those guys that he's kind of almost like an every other week kind of guy, too. And it's like him and Fournette. It's like who's going to get – it seems like Jones gets the touchdowns, but Fournette's getting some touches lately. It's kind of hard to figure out that team. So, yeah, I would go Gibson. Um, I just like his opportunities, and he's getting involved in the passing game, too, now. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, you know, I I don't I never love Thursday games, but you know, this week, uh, you know, going against a Dallas team who who really can't stop anybody like we've talked about. Antonio Gibson, even though McKissick is the target guy and and he does get a little goal line work, you know, Antonio Gibson is an electric running back who you know, Ron Rivera that that franchise has changed so much under Rivera's tutelage out there, and it just showed the professionalism that a, a real head coach can bring, and that so that stiff Jay Gruden. So um, Antonio Gibson definitely reaps the rewards of that for sure. And then we're going to end with this, and this is going to be, uh, you know, it, it's going to be a good one, right? You know, because we have re- two really good two guys that essentially are going neck-to-neck in an MVP campaign here, right? We have Josh, especially for fantasy. We have Josh Allen. Okay, we've already talked about him. And we have Russell Wilson. And Russell Wilson is playing the hapless Eagles, who I, I, I hate to say, you see the jersey I'm wearing, props to Jeremiah Trotter, one of my favorite players of all time, but the Eagles, they're just not the same team, man. And Russell Wilson, he's been erratic as of late. He's threw 10 interceptions this year, which is unlike him, starting to force things a little bit, which I'm not sure why. Uh, but I don't think he's going to have any issues this year. Uh, I mean, this week in Phil, you know, against Philadelphia. So who do you think comes out on top here? I love Russ. He's. I'll, I'll, I'm going to preface this by saying I love Russ. He's one of my favorite football players, but I'm actually going to go Josh Allen this week. Like you said, Russ is starting to turn the ball over a little bit. He yep. knows with that team that they don't have a running game right now, obviously, with uh, Carson being out. He's kind of forcing the issue a little bit. He knows that he has to be great for them to be great, and he's kind of been forcing it lately. So I like Allen, especially at home. Um, seems like good weather, bad weather. It's not really going to matter too much for him, and I like him and his receivers a lot this week. So I like Josh Allen. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm going to go out. Even though anybody like our buddy Dan Texas is anyone against the birds, I agree. I understand, but <laughs> yeah. I just listen. I, you know, I just don't trust them. I don't, I, I, you know, I think, I don't know if Chris Carson comes back this week or not, but I just think that they're going to run the ball a lot more this week because they're going to understand that they can do that. And I think Pete Carroll is a very smart coach. Like you said, you know, Russell Wilson's forcing it more than ever. And I think, his coach understands that, and his coach will be like, "Hey, Russ, let's dial back a little bit. Let's get let's get yeah. the short passing game going a little more. Stop worried about going deep down the field all the time." And I think because if you remember, you like Russ, and I was telling everybody this in the preseason. Russ went to Pete and said, "I want to open this offense up this year. I want to go downfield more." And in the beginning, it was working, and now it's not a little bit. So I think it's Pete Carroll's job to pull in the reins a little bit, and I think this will be the week for him to do it. So I 100%. definitely like Josh Allen as well. I think Josh. Allen is definitely the guy. Uh, so again, we went an hour fifteen. Jason, I can't thank you enough. Do me a favor, take these couple minutes. Let everybody know where they can find your work. You, the, the stuff you do is tremendous. I love talking back and forth to you every Sunday uh, on Twitter. We 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 disagree, we agree. Uh, you make some yeah. very great valid points. I appreciate that. Let everybody know where they can find you. Yeah, for sure. So I do a weekly article and a weekly fantasy show for all about the birds. Um, our usually our weekly fantasy show is at eight thirty on Thursday nights. Check us out, me and Phil. Um, we're going to do the show. We're actually going to do it Friday this week, but typically it's Thursday at 830. And then I typically post my article on all about the birds on Friday afternoon each week. 
Awesome, man. And again, we got our we got the leader uh, all about the birds. Peter Nas, I wait up the value of the show with Jason <laughs> and our, my buddy Dan checking in. Great show, man. Jason, you're terrific. So another compliment from the Heat Ratio audience. Again, Jason, listen, thank you so much for joining me on late notice. I can't wait to have you again. I'd love to get you on with me and John and have a you know yeah. a, a triple box going. Have a nice sausage going. We'll see when you're free. And sure. again, happy Thanksgiving. And like I tell everybody, as always, stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll catch you next time.